0: Isaiah 55 For my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are your ways my ways declares the Lord for as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth making it bring forth and sprout giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater so shall my word that goes out from my mouth it shall not return to me empty but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle. And it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. This is God's word. We are starting together a little mini series um so if you are new to foundation this is a great time to turn up what we're going to be doing um, over the next six weeks next six Sundays is a series of talks um designed to help us together understand what do we do when we come together uh what what, what do we do on a Sunday why do we do what we do and and the reason for this is I've maybe hinted at already over this morning is because I, I actually counted out this morning uh, Sorry, uh, this week Uh, the number of people uh, who are with us from before COVID and the number of people who have joined during or since. And it's about 50-50. There's a high proportion of new people here who've just been with us for a number of weeks. So if you're new, um, you're very welcome, but you're, you're you're among good friends, good company. So there's a lot of people uh, wondering what Foundation Church is and, and what do we believe and what makes us tick. And so what a great opportunity to sit and um, go through some of the, the key things that, that we do together and why we do what we do when we gather. And uh, what you'll see on the next screen here then is just an overview of the next six weeks, what we're going to be looking at together. So this week we're going to be looking at the Word of God Next week, number two, sacraments, All right, That's the bread and the wine and the, the baptism and all that. Uh, number three, we're going to be looking at belonging. What does it mean to identify with the church and, and, and be a, a community, a family on mission for Jesus? Uh, number four, then we're going to look at Revelation, not the book of Revelation, but, but God's, uh, the way that God speaks and continues to speak through his people. Um, and then number four, week five, we're going to look at the, the gift of healing and, and how that looks for us as a church. And then finally, number six, tongues, hands, and hearts. Kind of everything else left over. We'll do together in uh, section six as well. So that gives you a rough idea of where we're going. And, and it's sort of split between the first three, which are typically known as what, what, what the theologians have called the ordinary means of grace. God's uh, methods or, or ways that he grows the church. And then the, the, the final three then, I suppose, what we could describe as the extraordinary means of grace. you know, Gifts that God gives to the church to grow it and strengthen it, um, and, and as a church, we believe in both, in the ordinary and the extraordinary, uh, the Word and the Spirit together. And uh, in my view, that makes a, an incredibly exciting, powerful combination. If we get this right or try and walk towards this as a church, um, then, then, then hang on to your seats, that's all I can say. So when you come together, we're going to look today then this morning at the Word of God, because that's, that, that comes first, because all the rest of it flows from Word of God. When we understand God's Word, it teaches us these other things. That's that's where we get this from. So, this morning we're going to be looking um, under three headings at the Word of God. What is the Word of God? Number one. Number two, what does it do? And thirdly and finally, then, how does it function for us or among us here at Foundation Church? All right, so this might sound uh, like like, uh, old ground for you, um, but I hope this will just refresh you and remind you why we do what we do here. At Foundation Church. So, number one, first of all, the Word of God. What is the Word of God? And if you've been to church or maybe brought up in the church, or maybe used to go to church and you're sort of coming back or whatever, you've maybe heard the term the Word of God. It's something that's frequently talked about by, by Christians, um, but, but often we mean different things when we say the word of God. So what is the word of God? Um, well, basically, the word of God is God speaking, right? God speaking Two people. God is a God who talks, and right there off the bat, that's pretty amazing. The fact that God is, first of all, the fact that He exists is one thing, which is tremendous and incredible. But the fact that He then talks, He communicates Himself to us, is even more amazing, in my view. And, and when God talks, when He speaks through His Word, He's sharing Himself to His people. You know, He's 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 sharing His. His thoughts, I suppose, we can say we, he's sharing his character. He's sharing, he's showing us what he's like, and we get that from verses eight and nine of our text this morning. Um, so we can have a look at that. My, my thoughts. This is God speaking to His people. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways. Uh, sorry, neither are your ways my ways. Declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. What's he saying? He's saying here that the God is is up there. He's out there. He's other. He's, he's separate. He's different. To, and we're all down here. We're 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 sort of confined to the world, I suppose. He's the creator, and we're the creatures. We're the, we're his created people. He he's boundless. We've been singing about that already this morning. We are limited. We're finite. And so that difference between God and, 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 and us, God and people, God and creation, is, is, is massive. It's huge. And, and as such, we can never know God on our own terms unless God speaks, unless he decides to reveal himself to us. And when he does that, he's a, a speaking God. What we have is God's word. He's sharing himself to us. And so when we uh, listen to his voice, when we listen to his words, we can understand things about God that we otherwise would never have worked out on our own. We We can understand what he's like, but more importantly, we can actually know God. We can actually know him. We can understand when we listen to his words why he made you. Why he made people full stop. When we listen to God's word we can understand what is the point of our lives. The purpose. When we listen to God's word we, we, can, we can see what he's up to and, and what he's planning for us in the future. In short, when we listen to God's word We can know God. We can come into a relationship, a knowing relationship with him. And and, and so therefore, hearing his word is is essential to to knowing God. It's essential to life itself. You know, that that classic uh, verse from Deuteronomy says that man or humankind does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Okay, that's more than just hyperbole. That says, in essence, as human beings, we are created to hear, and receive from God. So if that's the case, and God speaks and shares things about himself, then where do we actually find his word? Where do we we go to listen to it? Well, um, we do this every Sunday. There's two ways, really, or two forms, I suppose, of God's word. Um, The first form uh, you'll be most familiar with, I suppose, is scripture. It's from the Bible, this thing here. Um, the, the words and the actions of God are written down in the Bible. Okay, so if you want to know God's word, if you want to hear God's word, go to the Bible. Um, and and uh, the Bible is, as, as you probably know, it's not well, it is one book, but it's a, it's a series of books, 66 books make up the Bible, uh, um, written across one and a half thousand years, there or thereabouts. And so therefore, uh, we see a lot of ver- variation in what we're reading. Uh, prophets have recorded stuff in here. Poets have written songs. Kings and politicians. Scholars and shepherds. They all find their entry on the pages of Scripture. And so we read of songs. We we read poetry. We read letters written to various churches. We read sermons. We read visions. We read legal documents. All of this is contained within the Bible. And because... God spoke through His Holy Spirit to all these different people and different types of people in different eras and different cultures. Ultimately, God is the author of what we read here. So when we read the Scriptures, when we read the Bible together, we are hearing God's Word. When we, when we read it, we, hear, we read God's Word. When we hear it, we hear God's Word. When, we, when it's preached to us, we're listening to God's words. And of course, this has really important implications, right, for us as a church, and um, which we're going to think about later in the message. But the key point I want to pick up here is that if we want to understand God, we want to understand what it is to be a Christian and understand the Christian faith, we need to go to the scripture, to the Bible, to understand if we're going to have any uh, clue about him whatsoever. So the first place we go then to hear God's word is the Bible. Many of you know that already in your minds. But again, just let's just pause a second and, and allow the truth of that to sort of refresh us a little bit. When you open the Bible every Sunday or when we read it together, um, we're not just going through the motions here and reading some ancient manuscripts. We're listening to God's Word and, and expecting to hear His voice in our community. It's awesome. That's the first form then of God's Word is in Scripture. The second form of God's Word is in The person, Jesus. Jesus, the Son of God. In fact, uh, one of the Bible writers himself, the Apostle John, says, describes Jesus as the Word. He is the Word of God. Um, John writes at the beginning of John's Gospel, in the beginning was the Word, he's referring to Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He goes on to say the Word became flesh, humankind, and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. So yes, we hear God's word in the Bible, but we see God's word in Jesus. What does that mean? That means that Jesus, all he said, all he did, all he taught, he is the ultimate statement from God. He's the ultimate word. He's the, the, you know, the, the pinnacle of God's word. If we want to see most clearly and most spectacularly and most subliminally what God is like, look at Jesus the word of God. And so the message about Jesus, his actions, the good news, all that is God's word. Now, of course, these two forms, the Bible and Jesus are related. We know Jesus through the Bible. Jesus is not the Bible, uh, but we know him through the Bible. The Bible speaks of Jesus from beginning to end, Genesis to Revelation. It's all about Jesus. But we know him from the Bible. But yet Jesus himself points us back to the Bible. He says, if you want to understand me, and you want to know me, and and you want to see uh, what I'm doing and understand it against uh, the backdrop of history, then read the Bible. So my work on the cross, read the Bible. Um, Why I had to come and, and die in your place, read the Bible. So the two speak to each other, I suppose. So what is the word of God? It is God speaking to his people. Secondly then, um, what does the Word of God do? Okay, What does it actually achieve? Well, let's turn back again to these verses we've looked at from Isaiah 55. It's this gorgeous description, I, I just think it's brilliant, of what the Word of God does. And, and when I was sort of starting off as a preacher a few years ago, um, I quite often, before I would get up to preach just like I've done now, I would feel this incredible uh, weight upon me, this incredible fear, I think, of... of who am I? And what is this word? And, and, and my preparation is all messed up. And so I would turn to these verses here, and I would read them, and it would just, uh, I suppose, reinforce my heart, and, and just buy back some confidence before I got up to, to, to speak. And here's why, verse 10 and 11, let's read it together. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, listen, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Amazing. Just like the rain and the snow fall on the earth and cause stuff to grow and satisfy people and fill their bellies with good food, that's not what my word does, says God. That's what it does. It brings life. When it it falls on the ground, it brings life. It brings creation. It brings something from nothing. All right. So when we ask what does God's word do, it creates. And it brings to life something from nothing. We see this right back at the beginning, don't we, in Genesis 1 when when we're given this sort of narrative description of of the, the creation of the world. You know, God said, let there be light. And there was light. How did he do it? He, he, he spoke his word and, and it was done. His word has this creative, immense creative power. You know, let the earth sprout and it was filled with vegetation. Let the, the sea be filled with swimming things and, and it swarmed with life. Let us make humankind in our image and in the image of God he created them, male and female. God speaks and it brings something from nothing. But yet also we see in Scripture when God speaks, he brings life from death. And we can almost think of death as being less than nothing. Like kind of a negative, I guess. The philosophers out there will obviously disagree with me. I get you. But... Let's think of it like this. Uh, The Bible is clear that our human sin and our rebellion from the start of the Garden of Eden right up until now is so uh, profound, it is so far-reaching, that it has an incredible impact on all of creation. The beauty and the perfection of God's creation is corrupted. Uh, Relationships that were beautiful and balanced and perfect were, were messed up because of our sin. They became abusive, they became oppressive, they became manipulative. We've been doing this from the year dot. That's why things are in the state they are. And yet the good news is that God chose not to destroy the earth and start again, but he chose to recreate, to, to restore and renew, to bring life from death. And how did he do that? He, he spoke, just like he did at the beginning He said, I'm going to deal with your mess. I'm going to enter into the disaster zone that you have created. I'm going to come in. I'm going to straighten things out. I'm going to kick out sin. I'm going to remove death. I'm going to destroy sickness and rebellion. I'm going to give you new hearts. That's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to restore a right relationship with me. That's what you'll get. And I will do whatever it takes, says God. See, his word is creation and recreation. Something out of nothing and life out of death. And that's what he brings when his word is present. And how specifically then does that work for us, you might ask? Well, uh, for those of you who've been with us for a few months, you'll know that we've been going through the Gospel of Mark. We've been taking our time going slowly, Passage by passage, looking at this person Jesus, and it's incredible and remarkable. And you'll remember, perhaps with me, that right at the beginning of Jesus, when he started his earthly ministry, right, he said, "The kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel." Likewise, the apostle Paul says in Romans ten seventeen, "Faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word." of Christ. So, the Word of God, um, if it's going to do anything to us and in us as a church, it's not just swilling around us like the air, almost, you know, uh, occupying the space, but the Word of God needs to get into us. Right? It needs to get into us. We need to listen. We need to take it in. We need to believe it. The Bible describes the Word of God as bread, therefore we have to take it and eat it. Right? The Bible describes the Word of God as water. And therefore, we have to take it and drink it, drink deeply, so that we'll be quenched. The Bible describes the Word of God as seeds to be sown. Therefore, we have to take them in, plant them deep, so that they might produce fruit. The Bible describes the Word of God as a sword, in which case we can expect it to cut us deeply at the deepest parts of our being, if necessary. The Bible describes the Word of God as light. Therefore, we can expect it to shine away all the darkness that resides. In us and around us. Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. How do you know when that's happened? How do you know when you've actually grappled and taken in the word of God, chewed it, drunk it, received it, all that? Well, look at verses 12 and 13 in our text. You shall go out for, right? For, you shall go out in joy. And be led forth in peace. And the mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. I love this. Instead of thorns shall come up the cypress, the luscious tree. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle. And it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that you shall not be cut off. Okay? This is what we will see when God's word gets in to you and to our church. When, when we feed on it as a community, when we allow it profound freedom to set the pace in who we are and what we do as a church, then we will be filled with this deep and unassailable joy and peace and creation around us as a result. will we'll, we'll enter into the worship of God when it sees what his word does in us and through us. And it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign. God will be glorified, right? Jesus will be made famous, that's what happens. The word brings life, yes, but then it erupts into worship. So this is how you know if you've really heard the word of God, if you've really heard it, if you've understood it. If it's it's doing something in you, it will erupt in worship. You will erupt in worship. Um, you will be making God's name great. It will just spring out of you. That's what will happen. It's a great test, isn't it? Am I hearing the word right? Is this impact uh, hitting home for me? Is this happening to me when I engage with the word? Or do I go out unchanged and just full of knowledge but back to the same old way of life again? So we've seen the Word of God, what is it? The Word of God, what does it do? So thirdly then, just um, the remaining section, I want to talk about the Word of God and how it functions practically among us here at Foundation Church. Um, Some specifics. This is not the be-all and end-all of the theology of the Word of God. We'd be here for 10,000 years um, if we were talking about the Word of God again and again and again. But let's just have a few um, ways that this plays out for us at at Foundation Church. I might give you a bit of an insight as well into why we do what we do and and how it's all shaped. Um, So we can say the Word of God is preached, the Word of God is practiced, and the Word of God proliferates. Because of P, preached. Um, So the specifics. First of all, the Word of God is preached. And we want to hear that if the, the Word of God is as powerful as it says it is, We want to hear it, don't we? We want to try really hard to hear the Word of God and be in that place where we can listen. We want to position ourselves to to listen through Him. And so when we come together as as people every Sunday, um, we always hear throughout our service the Bible read and the Bible explained. We will always do that. And, And maybe if you're a visitor here, you might think, well, of course you do. You're a church. That's just what you do. But the reason why churches do that It's because this is God's word, and we want to hear God's word. And when God's word is heard, fireworks. Um, Particularly here at Foundation Church, um, we have a a method of preaching, I suppose. It's called expository preaching. Um, Ironically, what we're doing today is not quite expository preaching, but do listen back, and promise you, we do do it. Um, Where we go through uh, a book or a section or a letter in the Bible, for example, and uh, we allow it to speak for itself. The point and purpose of that scripture passage becomes the point and purpose of the sermon. Right? The word drives the sermon, not the other way around. That's kind of expository preaching. Um, and so, as, as such, what we do is we always try and understand a Bible section in, in, in the, the big picture of the Bible, the history of, of God's people and God's interactions with God's people. Where does it come? We try. We always try and understand what kind of material are we reading? Is this a? Is this a, a song? Is this a? Is this a, a legal document? Is this a letter? What are we reading? We always try and understand the context. What was going on at the time when we, were re- you know, when this particular section was written? Um, and we always try and understand how would the author have understood it for themselves, and how would the readers have understood it first before we ask ourselves, how does it apply to me? It's just some of the ways that, that preaching is shaped by the Word of God. But with all that in mind, I want you to know Foundation Church Belfast the authority is here. It's, it's in this book. Okay. Yes, God gifts people to, to be able to teach and preach from the Bible, and we're so thankful uh, for, for people who are blessed in that way, people who can speak with clarity and with engagement, and, and, and that's brilliant, and there's loads um, that we can be accessed to on, on YouTube and, and, and live and in person, all the rest of it. That's great. But ultimately... What we want to do with all this is to hear God's word and not the preacher. Ultimately, it's not the preacher. We want to hear God's word. And so for us, that means consistent exposition, uh, section by section. Jesus is always the hero of every sermon. And then how do we live spirit-empowered lives in response to what he's done for us? So how does it function whilst the word being preached? Number one. But the word is practiced as well here at Foundation. What do I mean by that? Well, what we do when we come together is more than just listening to a sermon. It's more than just like, you know, as if the music's kind of like the warm-up act, and then the main thing is the sermon and then a bit more music just to calm down and then off we go. That's not how it should be. Um, the entire worship gathering, I can only speak for us here at Foundation, the, only, the entire worship gathering when we come together is grounded on and shaped by God's word. It's why we do what we do in the way we do it, okay? It's the shape of our service, in fact. Um, And and this is one of the reasons why we do these sheets, so you can see the shape of the service, um, and it's shaped uh, to almost bring us through an encounter with God. That's that's what we want here, with God's word. Um, Some people call this the liturgy. Uh, Liturgy is simply the word of the form of worship um, that churches um, enact, By the way, all churches have a liturgy. Whether they tell you that or not, they all do. There's a pattern of how we do what we do when we come together. And so you can see here, God calls us to worship. We respond uh, by adoring him and and reminding ourselves of how good he is through our songs of adoration. In light of God's goodness and and his requirements for us, uh, we we, um, realize how far we've fallen short. And and so we confess our sins. Then we receive the grace of God given to us through Jesus in the gospel and the gospel promise. And us often a song or something. Then we hear God's voice speaking to us through the word being read by Jacob this time. Then the the word explained through the sermon. And then we respond our hearts uh, in worship again through song or or other ways. And then we hear God's blessing over us through the benediction, the the good word spoken over us before we exit. God's word is ringing in our ears as we leave. And so that's why we do what we do. And and as we'll see next week, we'll add to that the sacraments of bread and and wine and, and the water of baptism Take this all together, folks. When we come together, we see the word. We hear the word, we sing the word, we speak the word. We taste the word. We pray the word. We chant the word, we memorize the word. I think you get the point. And, and, and I hope that also this um, means this engaging for all types of people, you know the visual learners and the oral learners and the kinetic learners, the young and old, you know kids can learn. The Apostles' Creed, they can sing the songs. Our daughter does. And and, and just through that repetition, through that familiarity, they can learn the, the language of heaven. It's amazing. And in our gathered worship, times of quiet contemplation mixed with shouts of joy, engaging our minds, expressing our worship through our bodies, simple truths repeated in song, profound truths confessed in the creeds. We are a church that practices the word of God. Preached, practiced, and finally proliferated. We, we, we can't contain this as we have seen. It does erupt in praise and worship like a volcano going off. Once that thing blows, you can't stop it. You just have to you know, allow it to do its thing. It sets on fire everything that it touches. And so in the similar way, the word of God, when it erupts within our hearts and among our communities, it sets us alight. John Wesley, the great leader of the Methodist revival, said, if you want to gather a crowd, set yourself on fire and people will come and watch you burn. When we're on fire with the word of God, doing what it does among us, people will gather to that, they will see that, because we will not be the same again. We are a transformed people when the word gets a grip on us. You shall go out with joy, it says in verse 12. We see this in the early church, in the book of Acts, right? Um, We we studied this together as a a church a few years ago. When people are grasped by the gospel, the gospel word that Jesus came and saved and lived and died and he's here to make all things new, they couldn't contain that to themselves. And when the day of Pentecost came and the Holy Spirit uh, filled the church, the truth went viral. They couldn't hold it back. Acts 6 verse 7, the word of God continued to increase and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. The word of God proliferated. Churches were planted, families were transformed, the oppressed were set free. This is what happens when the word of God takes roots. There are even riots in the city, not the kind of riots that we are used to here, but the kind of riots where the word of God was going out and people hated that. In fact, they tried to lock up a few of the, the ringleaders and said, these men have turned our world upside down. This is what happens, folks, when the word of God gets into you. So our evangelism, our discipleship, you know, our, our mercy ministries, our, our vision is all grounded in the proliferation, the growing, the multiplication of God's word. Conclusion. This is a precious, precious gift that God has given us, the Bible, his word. And so when we stop, and when we, when we think, and when we take it all on board, when we allow it to sink into the innermost parts of our being, then God's creative power will be unleashed in you and in your family, you know, in those around you, in our church, That's why we are a church that is focused and built on the word of God. And our mission, of course, is to make a name for the Lord, as it says here. Make a name for the Lord. Make his name great. And it begins with the word of God. Let's pray.